you're on the record. Okay, let's do it, friends. The story begins. All right. We are back. We are back to chapter 37, part five. The longest chapter in Tanya. We're probably going to have one more part after this. Maybe two, but I think one. Let's pick up where we left off. Why did the soul come down to this world? The soul came down to this world, not for its own interest, because if it was in its own best interest, it would have stayed up in heaven. It's a lot more comfortable there. So why did the soul come down to this world? Because it's on shlichus. It's a shliach. Literally, all of our, we're all shluch. You thought before this lesson that it's the crazy Chabad guys that moved to Pleasanton and to Tracy that are shluchim. And I'm, I'm just a normal guy. You didn't know that we're all crazy. So I, this probably falls into the category of like, there's four levels and within each level there's 10. Some are crazier <laughs> than others, right? <laughs> each, every, every one of us on this Zoom call and every Jewish person is crazy. <laughs> and the, the goal of the Chabad rabbis is just to let you know how crazy you are. <laughs> All right. Now this is like at a scale of one to 10. How crazy <laughs> do you feel? Now, the, the truth is we're all crazy. We're all shluchim because we're all going out of our comfort zone. Being in this world is out of the soul's comfort zone. It, in the way we worded it here in our chapter, However much passion, love, reverence we're going to experience, love of God we're going to experience, reverence of God we're going to experience in this physical world cannot compare to how passionate and revered we were or uh, how, how much reverence we, we experienced um, that our soul experienced prior to coming down. It's not even a fraction of the same feeling. So we're never going to be have that same infatuation with God as we once did. So why did the soul come down? What does that do to our relationship? And the answer is it didn't come to get, it came to give. What did it, came to, what did it come to actually do to give? It came to influence the animal soul. To go to the animal soul and say, hey, buddy, let's put on filling. Let's light the Shabbos candles. Let's keep Shabbos. Let's keep, let's, to elevate the animal soul, as it elevates the animal soul, it ultimately elevates the world. The tool with which it elevates the animal soul, as we've been describing throughout this chapter, mitzvahs. As we said in the beginning of the chapter, every mitzvah somehow refines elevates, purifies, brings clarity to the item with which we're doing the mitzvah, as well as the part of the animal soul which is doing the mitzvah. So when you put on tefillin, your arm is holy. When you light Shabbos candles, your hands are holy. When we utter words of Torah, our tongue becomes elevated. The truth is our whole body can become elevated because we put in a lot of passion This is exactly what we're doing here. Now, that's where we left off. The mitzvah, if there's one mitzvah 
which really brings God's presence to this world very easily, very uh, efficiently, I should say. That one mitzvah is charity. Why? Why is charity more efficient than other mitzvahs? Because it helps other people. Okay, it helps other people. God likes when we take care of his people. There's definitely truth to that. Why? It's righteous. Charity is righteous. Okay, good. Charity is not, is, is not the best translation. It's uh, voluntary. Just justice. Vol- I w- yeah, I would, I would argue that it's, it's not voluntary. It's required. It's like, like Mike's saying, it's justice. The, the word for charity in Hebrew is tzedakah. Which means Ju- uh, Charity is a mistranslation. Never trust translation. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've heard me say that before or not, but never trust. Tra- just, just like mit- mitzvahs are good deeds, right? Yeah, exactly. Never, and there's 10 commandments, right? Never trust <laughs> translation. According to Mel Brooks, there's 15 commandments. Never Oops. <laughs> Never trust translations because tzedakah doesn't mean charity. It means justice. It, we're not doing what's charitable, what's nice. We're doing what's right. God gives us the money and he trusts us to do what's right with it. Let's take a look on page 423, the middle of the page, the middle bold paragraph right under where it says section five. And this is going to uh, draw the point home. Based on the above, what we've been discussing until now about the impact of mitzvahs on the animal soul, the impact of mitzvahs on the physical world, we can appreciate why the sages praise the virtue of charity to a very, very great extent. <clears throat> Saying, and here's the key, that it's equivalent to all the other mitzvahs put together. If you were to put all the mitzvahs, 612 mitzvahs on a scale, on one side of the scale, and put charity on the other side of the scale, charity would outweigh them, or at least even them out. Charity is equal to all of them. It's not usually said of rabbi... Um... I can't think of his name right now. Right. It's mentioned with one of the rabbis at Rabbi Eliezer in Pirkei Avot. In Pirkei yeah. Avot. Um, why is charity so efficient? Why is charity so impactful? So the truth is, this is interesting. When the Talmud says that, it doesn't give a reason. Tanya, a thousand years later, over a thousand years, uh, over 1500 years later after the um, authorship of the after the Talmud has been authored finally provided a deeper insight as to why charity is so valuable the reason is because we're going to jump down to the next paragraph uh, it's the second to last paragraph on the page on 423 for as we have seen the purpose of all of the mitzvahs is to elevate the energizing animal soul to God. Being that the animal soul is the active force that powers their observance. You can't do a mitzvah without your animal soul. Which means if you're doing a mitzvah, that means your animal soul is by default engaged in a relationship with God. And it's the animal soul that becomes immersed in their observance. Resulting in the animal soul being absorbed in the blessed infinite light, dressed in other mitzvahs. Now, why is that so um, unique? That's all mitzvahs. So why charity? Why is charity so outstanding? Okay, here's the answer. 
The answer is the last paragraph on this page here. There's two reasons. There's two underlying uh, um, notions that make charity different than other mitzvahs, make them more efficient in refining the world. You have no other, you have no mitzvah through which the energizing animal souls immerse to a greater extent than the mitzvah of charity. Because with other mitzvahs, which momentarily engage just one next page part of the body, only one component of the energizing animal souls immersed in them. And this is only at the moment when each mitzvah is observed. So with any other mitzvah, so let's say you put on tefillin. At the moment you're putting on tefillin, your arm is and your head is elevated. At the moment that you're lighting Shabbos candles, you, your hands are elevated. At the moment in which you are having your Shabbat dinner, your palate is elevated, right? Having pleasure on Shabbat is a mitzvah. Pleasure on Shabbat is a mitzvah. But it's only at that moment, and it's only that specific part of your body. Not the case with charity. With charity, as we'll soon see, it's your whole body. You thought charity was just with your fingertips, right? Or with the pen in which you're writing the check, right? with your hands, that you're, the fingers that you're using to decide the check with. But it's not true. It's your whole body, and we'll soon see why. And it's also not just at that moment. It actually elevates your whole day of work that it took to actually earn that money. But with charity, so we're on the third line of 424. We're all with me? We're all in the boat here? We're all in the ark? I'm going to start using that one until it gets really old. <laughs> okay. That means I had too much Diet Coke. Josh, you crack me up. <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But with charity, which a person gives from the money earned through his hard work over the extended period of time, the result is that all the powers of the energizing soul that were immersed in the manual labor or in the activity of which he accrued, tell me if I'm pronouncing that right, these funds are elevated through the charitable donation. So all of his energizing animal souls elevated to God, not just one component of the animal soul, as is the case with the other mitzvahs. So you said it elevates you for the day. Um, well, it, it elevates your entire day. You spent an entire day working you needed to give that money to charity. Now you're giving that money to charity. You're elevating your day. If you now, gave, if you gave a week's worth of your salary, would it imply that that week is uh, completely elevated as well? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it would be more than a week. Well, so first of all, put it this way: to make that money, you had to put in your blood, sweat, and tears. Right? Human nature is we put in a lot of effort. We put in um, money as effort, right? It's very difficult to give money. It's very difficult to part with money. It is. It really is. Think about it. You have big multi-billion 
dollar companies or multi-billionaires, how charitable are they? Some of them are very chari charitable. But if they increase their charity, let's say they gave an extra, let, let's say Amazon or one, one of these multi-billionaire billion dollar companies, let's say they gave an extra million dollars to charity or an extra $500,000 to charity, would they even notice? Would that money go unnoticed? It would probably go unnoticed. Amazon what is $500,000 compared to the 40 billion that they have? Right. It, why aren't they giving it a little bit, giving a little bit more? And I'm not here to judge them. I'm not here to judge people. It's very difficult to part with money. We worked for it. And when one parts with that money and gives it to charity, the blood, sweat, and tears in which he invested to elevate, uh, invested to, to make that money becomes elevated. It's a very efficient way of elevating the world. So would you say that um, the, analog the analogy here to be made is selflessness versus selfishness in the sense that if it were completely up to the animal soul, we wouldn't give a dime. But if it was completely up to the divine soul, we'd give generously. And when our divine soul uh takes the animal soul along with it during this uh time of uh giving a tzedakah that in essence uh, you know the, the the selflessness has prevailed over the selfishness okay very good yes but i would tweak it a little bit i think the animal soul would still be gracious to some degree to the extent that it feels good. And because the, uh, the animal soul is not evil. The animal soul is just selfish. So if giving good is going to, if giving money is going to make itself feel good, <clears throat> make me feel like a good person, the animal soul will still give. And the divine soul will, can't give unless the animal soul agrees because you can't, you can't do the work and you can't write the check without the animal soul agreeing. Exactly, exactly. So you might have to, maybe you have to uh, persuade it, but it, it finally has to agree to do it. Exactly. And, it, and the reason why is because there's two reasons. We'll discuss the second reason in a second, but the first reason is who did the work to actually make the money, the animal soul or the divine soul? The animal, the animal soul. soul. So the animal soul works for the money. The divine soul gives away the money. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a, a perfect relationship. <laughs> it's a great relationship. There is a conflict of interest here. So it's like you're saying, David, the animal soul has to somehow agree to that. Or at least be coerced into it. What? Stop working. Otherwise, he's going to stop working. So the fact that he gives, maybe that's why God made it the nature of the animal soul to feel good to give the so divine can, soul saying get the checkbook out and the animal soul eh, how about later the exactly exactly now this is so the animal soul has been coerced into doing god's will or at least agreed to doing god's will and that is more efficient than coercing the animal soul with other mitzvahs because when you coerce the animal soul to put on tefillin, 
it it gave you an arm, right? An arm and a head. Or when it's doing other mitzvahs, it gave you a part of itself. But when it gives you charity, it's giving its entire self. Now, this doesn't, this means, this applies even if you're, you're not giving all your money to charity. Obviously, you, you got to keep, you know, you keep some for yourself. Um, like Rabbi Gordon used to say, God is very kind. He gives us money and lets, he gives us a paycheck and lets us keep 90% of it. <laughs> um, well, that's almost true. Because Uncle Sam gets half of it. Uncle Sam gets a good cut also. <laughs> so and you should you should not expect anything back from charity right just as you should love god and not expect charity is from god notoriously no, notoriously i don't know if that's even the right use of the word but it's famously known as the one mitzvah that we can test god with huh. there's a guy that i follow on linkedin He's actually a Montrealer, so I kind of know who he is. And he's a very loud businessman. <laughs> he's a mover and shaker and wants to make himself big, you know. So he's very active on LinkedIn and always taking videos. And, and he has a business. He has a, he has a very interesting story. He was an 18-year-old running nightclubs. He was a secular Jew in Montreal running nightclubs, uh, places where good Jewish boy chicks don't, aren't supposed to hang out, right? And he, he's running nightclubs at 18 years old, raking in tons of cash, smoking weed, drinking, partying with girls, doing everything that, that he really shouldn't be doing. And it, there was a big event at the nightclub and he said there was this just breaking point in his life where he said, what am I doing here? He walked out of the event. He left. He decided to go to yeshiva to learn Torah, to get back onto his, uh, into his Jewish roots. And you could check him up on LinkedIn. He's very open about his story. And he started off, he left the nightclub business. He's changed his life around lives as an observant Jew. And he is a, um, his business is making promotional videos um, specifically for, I think for healthcare uh, companies. And he makes a $50,000 commitment to his synagogue for charity. And then COVID hits. And his business is at a standstill. And this guy is freaking out. And I'm sure we can all picture the anxiety that he's experiencing. Um, and he posts a picture on LinkedIn of him handing a $50,000 check to the synagogue. He says, I made a commitment. It's God's job to fill the rest. That's God's thing to do. <laughs> That's his mission. And I'll tell you the amazing thing. I'm preparing for this class today. And I'm thinking I need a good story about charity. I close my book. I open LinkedIn. And here it is. <laughs> so 
So it, it was definitely uh, divine orchestrated. But he said, God, I committed, God delivered. That's it. He says, you want to be successful in business? You got to trust in God. Um, so, so definitely, that is one of the mitzvahs where traditionally we do test God. <clears throat> we definitely do. But what, what's important to know is we give a portion of our money to charity. We should keep some of it. Um, it elevates all of the money. It elevates everything. Even though we're not giving it all to charity, the part that we do give elevates everything because I can't give anything if I give everything because <laughs> then it can't exist. <laughs> so how do we how do we test God? You mean that we say, I'll give this charity, but I expect this back in return, God? Yeah. I expect to be healed or I expect to... Exactly. It, it's not even expect. It's maybe test is the wrong word. I would say trust. Is that like when you give charity in someone's, on behalf of someone's your site or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and exactly. 100%. 100%. Let's take a look for a second back at chapter 34, page 384, because I think this is an important, uh, it's a very relevant point here. Top of 384, the first bold paragraph. And even though you only give one-fifth of your income to charity, the preferred amount in Jewish law, as stated in the Shulchan Aruch, the Code of Jewish Law, nevertheless, this fifth elevates the other four parts with it to God. Even though you're not giving everything, you're only giving some, it still elevates, the, the whole thing actually becomes elevated so that they become a firm place for his resting for God. And the reason is, the reason why it elevates everything, even though you're only giving a portion of it, it's the next bold paragraph um, on the page, the middle of the page. One illustration of the logic here is from the well-known statement of our sages of blessed memory, that the mitzvah of charity is equivalent to all sacrifices. And in the case of the sacrifices, the Zohar teaches that one single animal offered as the korban tamid, the daily offering, caused the entire animal kingdom to be elevated to God. And the entire plant kingdom was elevated through one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil. So when you give one animal as a, uh, as a sacrifice in the temple, all the animals were elevated. When they gave a bread offering, all of the flour, all of the plant um, species are now elevated and it's the same with charity when we give a portion of our money to charity all of our money becomes elevated all of the work that we put in to earn the money not just 10 percent of our work or whatever however much we're giving becomes elevated do we call it a sacrifice because i always thought when i hear sacrifice because you're sacrificing the animal but is it really called sacrifice because we're making sacrifice the same way we sacrifice money when we give to charity? We're sacrificing it from ourselves? It's a good question. There, there is something to that. The Hebrew word for sacrifice is korban. 
which also comes from the Hebrew word karov, which means close. We're not just giving the animal, we're coming close to God. We're, we're approaching ourselves as well. So it, it, it is a sacrifice. Bringing an animal is a sacrifice on the animal. It's a sacrifice on the person as well as charity. It's a sacrifice on the person as well, definitely. 100%. Now, let me ask you a question. So, so this act, before I ask the question, this explains why charity is more efficient than any other mitzvah in elevating the world and elevating the animal soul. But let me ask you a question. What if you hit the lotto and you never worked a day in your life, right? So now there's no blood, sweat, and tears. You give charity like it's nothing. Are you really elevating the animal soul? If Bill Gates or, or, or whatever, if, the, if a multi-billionaire gives 10% of their charity or any percent of their charity, amount, even if it's a large sum and it doesn't really <laughs> make a difference to them, it's a beautiful thing, it's a good thing, but does that actually have the same impact um, if they're not actually exerting themselves? The answer, is yes. And here's the reason why. Take a look in the middle of 424, back in our chapter. It's the second bold paragraph. It's the square right in the middle of the page. And even a person who doesn't work to earn money, which means that he didn't immerse the animal soul into the activity. Nevertheless, since this money could have been used to purchase food and drink, that would keep his energizing soul alive in his body. It follows that by giving away some of the money, he's giving away the soul's life to God. I could have used that money to sustain the animal soul. Instead, I'm giving it to God. Essentially, I'm giving a piece of the animal soul to God. I could have used that money for more Diet Coke trying to make this really relatable to myself. Um, <laughs> I could have used that money for more Diet Coke. Made my animal soul more happy. Instead, I gave it to charity, which made God happy. Essentially, I sacrificed my animal soul for God. So even if I didn't work for the money, I'm still, I'm still elevating the animal soul to a very great degree, ultimately elevating the world. So if... Um... There's, you've heard the phrase, um, I've got more money than I know what to do with, right? Um, so at some point, you, you can't really say, well, I was going to use some of that money to put food on my table, because you had plenty of other money that was serving that purpose. This is just money that you have no idea what to do with. So if you give it away, how does that apply in this discussion? And I, I was going to say from like the opposite end, if, if, if in order if it would take like half of your savings to get that diet Pepsi and instead you give it away to charity, that's different than giving that same amount of charity if, if you have billions of dollars. Because if you have right. billions of dollars, you, you can easily get, still get that. Similar question. Pepsi. Okay, I, I don't have a concrete answer to your questions. It's a good question. But the way I would, what, what first comes to mind is having that money gives comfort to the animal soul right and parting from that money is a fact is a sacrifice on the animal soul's comfort 
whether it's comfort from food and drink or comfort from the possession of the money itself. But there's some sort of spirit, uh, comfort and giving that money sacrifices comfort, which is sacrifices the animal soul. I, I, I guess that explains sometimes I go into the store and I want to buy something that's $5. But then I think, do I really need this? Do I really want to waste $5 when that $5 is almost like nothing to me? compared to what my house costs. Right. So that must be the animal soul, not wanting to part with that. <laughs> $5. Or I mean, I'm using example of going to store, but or giving $5 to charity, same thing. And I'm, I'm on uh, social security and a pension and living off my investments. So I, I guess I'm off the hook, huh? I don't have to, uh, <laughs> I'm not working anymore. So it's, a, it's actually, it's a good question. It's an interesting halachic discussion, the discussion in Jewish law, but there's two components to charity. Everybody has the obligation, there's the obligation to give 10% of one's earnings. But even if one is exempt from that, and there are situations when one is exempt from that, um, you know, you can't, if, if somebody's gonna have to be, you know, on charity or whatever, or whatever it is, there, there are situations where people are, one is exempt from 10%, but the obligation of charity is still present. Not necessarily the formal amount, but the, there is an obligation of charity. And every amount, by the way, is going to be impactful. I want to show you something right here. Well, one question. Are you saying that uh, when you give charity, that's not going toward that 10%? No, that, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is even if you're exempt from giving 10%, there's still a separate obligation to give charity. There's still a mitzvah to give charity. So we have right here, our first interactive Tanya class, virtual Tanya class. We have our tzedakah box. And in addition to giving 10% or other donations, we also have a bowl of coins. And every morning before davening, there we go. Every morning before davening, there we go. We start off davening with, with giving charity, with elevating the world. Um, and, and it's incredibly impactful in changing the world because I'm not just elevating my fingertips. You know, that money had to come from somewhere. That money's coming at the expense, that bowl of nickels coming at the expense of Diet Coke. I would have had two Diet Cokes tonight, if not for that. <laughs> and that's the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> that is the ultimate sacrifice. That is definitely elevating my animal soul. And we're not talking about the, we're not necessarily promoting the concept of deprivation. But we are saying what I could have invested in myself, I'm investing in God and in his, and in his vision for humanity. Um, but but the, so those are two separate components of charity. In, in other words, even a homeless person just to be extreme, just to go on, on one extreme, has the obligation to give charity. Maybe not 10% of his earnings because he's dependent on others. And why would he, you know, giving that away is not necessarily fair to the people supporting him. Um, so maybe there's room for, but, and it's a separate discussion. It's a halachic, it's a technical question, but he would still have to give charity. It might be a nickel, but it would still, the obligation is still present. 
Um, and I, what I should say is the opportunity is still present. The opportunity to elevate the world. It's so if you're if you're not working or not earning anything, and then you give ten thousand dollars, are you covered for life at that point? Or? Okay, good question. So there there is there is value to doing that, but it, Maimonides actually says it's preferable to give more less more often than more less often. So I always um, get in, in a debate with myself about the concept of um, like having an auto payment kind of thing set up because at that point, you don't feel like you're personally involved anymore, even though <laughs> it's coming out of your bank account, right? It's like, it just happened and, oh, I guess that happened yesterday, but I didn't even think about it. It happened anyways, right? So what are your thoughts on, on that? And there's even a similar thing, like you can actually set up to have um, somebody in Israel, like if you're in mourning and you're supposed to give charity every day, you have somebody just take care of it automatically in Israel on your behalf. Right, right. Look, with, with the national uh, corn, coin shortage, a lot of people were donating their mourning coin <laughs> virtually. <laughs> So if, even with auto pay, it's still coming out of your earnings. You're the one, put, somebody's putting the money into that account. But it's like, right, but it's it, a one-time it, thing. Well, even if it's, even if it's done monthly, you know, if, if it happened last week and I noticed it this week, it's like, I, I wasn't consciously involved in, at that point. It just happened, right? I mean, well, of course, look, look at it this way. It, it, it's actually it, it's actually a good question. It's a technical question, but the question is addressed in halacha. And even though in traditional halachic texts, such as the Talmud and the Code of Jewish Law, the discussion of autopay didn't exist. <laughs> the, the question essentially is, do mitzvahs need to be intentional or could a mitzvah done, be done by accident? That that's essentially the question, and that question is long debated in the Talmud, as well as in the Code of Jewish Law. And this this has many applications, by the way. Can a person, let's say an adult, is this is a totally different question, but it's the same exact question. Can an adult who's getting a bris, a circumcision, can he be can he use uh, general anesthesia? Is he being intentional in the mitzvah or is he sleeping while he's doing the mitzvah and he's not really conscious? It's the same exact question. Can you do a mitzvah unintentionally? The, the short, it's a long, this back and forth discussion. In short, it kind of depends on the mitzvah. So if you are reading the Shema prayer in the actual text of the Torah, let's say for Shabbos morning Torah reading, you didn't necessarily fulfill your obligation of reciting the Shema because you weren't intending on the mitzvah. You were intending on just Torah reading, right? You have to be intentional to, you have to write, recite the Shema because it's a mitzvah because God told us to, you know, intentionally. With charity, it does not necessarily need to be intentional. Um, now, should it be intentional? Yes. The truth is you set up the auto pay intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it definitely is intentional. You're putting in the money. You know it's happening. Um, I, I don't know the technical answer to the question, but it is a it is an interesting thought. So if you um, uh, if you forget that the auto pay is going yeah. on, now you're at Hillel's highest level of uh, charity that you don't know that you're giving charity and the person who's getting the charity, well, they probably know it's coming in. But uh, there we go. <laughs> right, isn't that the highest level? You don't know you're I, giving charity and the person doesn't re realize they're receiving charity? I would say it, it is the highest level. I, I know a guy who wanted to give to an organization and he said it was a large sum of money with several thousand dollars. He said, I'd like to give it anonymously. And the fundraiser said, I beg you, please don't do it anonymously. Please do it publicly. For your own righteousness, it's good for it's better for it to be anonymous. But for everybody else, it's good to see that 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 the community is donating. You know, it, it, it's interesting because um, when Emily went to school in at uh, CSUN, um, I submitted my donation anonymously, and the rabbi called me and asked if. if if um, I would mind if he canceled that and I resubmitted it using my name. And, you know, I, I was really um, surprised by the question, but, um, uh, you know, I went ahead and did it. And I, so there's, there, there's an ad additional purpose behind people seeing other people give money. Right. Right. It, bec it becomes contagious. When, um, when you when you say do with intention, do you mean is that another way of saying with Kavana? Yeah, yeah. You know, if twenty dollars slips out of your pocket and a homeless guy gets it, you unintentionally did a mitzvah. Um, I, I look. I, I think the bottom line is, it's important to give. There's better ways. There's worse ways, but get her done type of thing. You know that. That's the, the, the bottom line is when we give, in terms of our own self-righteousness, there's various levels. Um, and obviously we want to do it with dignity and, and, and the, the recipient needs to be uh, treated with dignity. But the bottom line is when we give charity, it elevates our entire animal soul. It's not just part of the animal soul and it's not just in that moment. Um, but it, it has a much longer lasting effect. What, what's incredible is when we give charity, we don't see this. <laughs> if we did see this, it would be so much easier. But that's where our faith comes in. We don't see the impact. We don't see that Mashiach is literally so much more closer because the world is so, has so much more clarity just by us giving charity. It's hard to see that. But take a look at the text here on 140, on 424, the last bold paragraph. And, and there's an incredible paradigm shift here that Tanya, that Tanya's wisdom provides, and you'll soon see what it is. And that's why our sages of blessed memory taught that charity brings close the final messianic redemption. Charity brings Mashiach closer. Literally brings Mashiach closer. But here's why. Uh, because 
through one act of charity, you elevate a lot of the energizing animal soul, many powers and components of the animal soul, which you wouldn't have been able to elevate even with several other practical commandments. Charity is simply efficient in elevating the animal soul and elevating the world. And here's the paradigm shift. The Talmud says charity brings the redemption. It doesn't say how or why. So we have BF and we, BT, sorry, and AT before Tanya and after Tanya. When you read that Talmudic quote before Tanya, what we thought it meant, and it's still true, as a reward for charity, God will bring redemption, right? God says, oh, you guys are charitable? Okay, I'll reward you. I'll bring redemption a little bit closer. But what we see here, redemption is not just a reward. The reward for charity is actually the result of charity. Because charity, and, it's, and the truth is, it's not just the reward for mitzvahs in general, it's the result. In because it elevates the world. Charity happens to be a lot more efficient in elevating it far beyond um, beyond what any other mitzvah is able to do in terms of the animal soul and engaging the animal soul. Because the animal soul loves money. And when the animal soul loves money and the animal soul gives away its money, it's giving its love, it's giving itself. Okay, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Good story. But uh, 